Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Thank you for being here on this Tuesday. Today we have an NBA slate that features eight games. So there was nine games. The Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers game has been postponed, so we will cover eight games today. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Hopefully you had a great Monday slate as well, the six-game slate. But for this one, we're going to be getting right into it after I just say welcome to my channel if you are indeed new here. I do have exclusive content over on Patreon. My projections will be up there later today, as well as interest pools updated throughout the day and throughout lock. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out, as well as my social media accounts linked up down below. Please do hit that subscribe button and linked above, you can see fantasydraft.com. If you are interested, Fantasy Draft is a spot where you can get rake-free DFS. It's revolutionizing the way that you play DFS by not charging you any rake. You pay a subs- subscription fee that might say, oh, that's how they're getting me. No, it's less than 1% compared to the 15 to 30% rate that you'll play or pay throughout your lifetime on some other sites. Yes, it doesn't have the crazy biggest prize pools that's the whole point of this it's their promotion it's their way that they're really building their business model to stand out and be different and then eventually in a year two three years from now they'll have those bigger prize pools so if you do want to get a lot of more ROI, return on investment for your dollars down, be sure to check out Fantasy Draft. But for right now, we're going to start up on this eight-game slate that we have here, and we're going to start with the injury news. In Atlanta, Bruno Fernando is going to be questionable today, and they already have Alex Len out. So this is big news for Damian Jones, for probably more John Collins moving to the five, which helps more players like DeAndre Hunter pick up bigger minutes and bigger run at the four, Vince Carter to an extent, if indeed Fernando is going to be out. If not, then you probably see Fernando playing close to 18 or so minutes at the five, some minutes there for Damian Jones, some minutes there for John Collins with Alex Len and his 20 to 22 minutes already officially ruled out. DeAndre Bemery, who has not been playing all that much as of late, especially since the addition of Jeff Teague, is also going to miss with a hand injury. With Jason Tatum now doubtful with the groin injury, this helps in a big way. Kemba Walker, whose point per minute and assist rate will be going up and his overall usage goes up. It helps Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward as well. Marcus Smart to an extent as well and getting into the starting lineup. I think right now if I had to rank it, and I do have interest in all of those main three guys, um, the price points on all of them seem fair. The price point on Jalen Brown seems very low for the skill set that he has, especially the production boost that he sees with Jason Tatum and the point per minute bump that he sees with Jason Tatum off the court. So with the price difference, I I currently like, I believe, Jalen Brown the most, and then very close on, on Kemba and um, Gordon Hayward after that. Javante Green, a backup shooting guard for this Boston team, is also questionable with a knee. And his Cantor has been ruled out again with a hip injury, so you should continue to see Daniel Tice for 30 minutes. His price point has come up. He's against Miami in a tough spot. I don't think it's a terrible play, but it's not a spot that right now I'm that interested in. In Denver, Paul Millsap and Jamal Murray will continue to miss as they've missed for the past two weeks now. Paul Millsap with the hip, Jamal Murray with the ankle. Millsap being out should continue to give Jeremy Grant huge minutes, as well as also you already have... Uh, Mason Plumlee going to be out with that as well. He's still going to miss about one to two to three more weeks for Denver. So Jeremy Grant should continue to pick up huge run here. With Jamal Murray out, you're still going to see Monty Morris picking up a lot of run. Will Barton taking on more point guard responsibilities as well. To more Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley in the rotations. Memphis is going to be without Gracie Allen with a hip injury. He's out indefinitely now. And then Jay Crowder is doubtful with a knee today. You'll see... As the alarm goes off, you'll see more of a Solomon Hill. You'll see a lot more Kyle Anderson today. Um, You'll even see some more Brandon Clark in the rotation. Mainly Kyle Anderson and Solomon Hill going to pick up those Jay Crowder minutes. Might make Kyle Anderson a value play. That's always some of the worst value you could possibly play in terms of the upside and how shaky that floor is. For Miami, Kendrick Nunn did miss yesterday. He's going to be questionable today with an Achilles injury. It's going to help Goran Dragic. It's going to help Tyler Hero the most if he does 
indeed miss the second night of the back-to-back at 5,800 tonight, uh, point guard, shooting guard for um, Miami. So for Kendrick, uh, or for New Orleans, Kendrick Williams is out with the back. It doesn't really matter at this point with Zion back. Kendrick Williams is probably at best going to play like 10 minutes in this rotation. I don't expect him to be a major factor. RJ Barrett is questionable with an ankle. Uh, it was, I believe at this point now, it's been 12 days since RJ Barrett sustained um, this ankle injury. They said that they would reevaluate him after a week. You have to keep in mind though, they're going to be very, very cautious with their rookie um, top five overall pick. So I don't think that he's going to be rushed back anytime soon. Keep an update though on his status today. Again, Charlotte 5,500 would look like an okay play if he was to pl- get out there and actually start or just come off the bench. I would expect some sort of minutes limit, though, which does hurt him. Philadelphia, Joel Embiid is 9,800 and questionable with a hand. Finally, might get back from his hand injury today. You already have Ben Simmons in the five-digit range, 10-plus K. I don't think I'd, think I'd ever see that with a Joel Embiid team, but it's because Embiid has been out. So if indeed Embiid comes back, it help, it hurts Simmons. It hurts Al Horford, whose price is close to 7K. Tobias Harris is around the $77,000 range where it doesn't really matter too much if Embiid comes back for his upside or at least his price point I, I think I'll walk that back and say it will matter for his overall upside but it still doesn't make him just not playable um, compared to these other guys like Corford and Simmons whose prices are, are way up there now Zaire Smith is also going to be questionable with an ankle he hasn't been playing much he played three minutes in the last game mainly probably because of just Josh Richardson running some blowout run there uh, for Phoenix Ricky Rubio is questionable with an ankle that is that is some pretty big news there. So keep an eye on Ricky Rubio. You already have Devin Booker playing 38, 39 minutes in games where that stay competitive and close down the stretch. He's already been playing fantastic over the last month, month and a half. Everything has come up. His, his rebounding rate, his post-up percentage, which you saw last year, getting really good in terms of he's driving more. He's posting people up. He's not just shooting three-pointers. He's still doing that, though. His percentage is up. So if Rubio's out, that only helps him even more. You'd also have some more value opening up in Phoenix, um, more stability to guys like Kelly Oubre, who should handle some more point guard responsibilities and players behind them in the rotations. For Toronto, uh, just some rotational pieces here. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Patrick McCaw, both questionable. McCaw, I'm not even sure at this point with Fred Van Vliet back and healthy with Norman Powell back and healthy if he's going to have any sort of role in the rotation. It's definitely not enough to warrant him starting or, or playing in any of your DFS lineups if he was to play 10 to 15 minutes at his very bad 11% usage rate. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson has been playing okay minutes, mid-teens in minutes right now at 3,400 against Atlanta. I don't even think it's a DFS play. What it opens up, though, is some more value behind these guys and lastly in Washington Jordan McRae has been ruled out which is some decent injury news here he's been playing mid to high upper 20s in minutes it's definitely going to help Ishmith stabilize his minutes you probably get more Gary Payton and then you definitely I would imagine get more Isaiah Thomas who right now we're about to get into it on these early interests looks like one of the better value plays of the day there's just not much value right now as I record this and I am recording this bright and early today right now around 6 30 a.m. So those are the uh, injury data, or that's the injury dashboard and status updates. We'll go to the target offense sheet quickly. If people want to take a screenshot uh, of this stuff, you can. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. We'll get into the early interest right away after this, but just wanted to touch on um, there are two totals today, team totals above 120. There is one that is Milwaukee versus Washington, 128 team total high, huge team total there. Then you have for Toronto, a 122.5 team total against Atlanta. So the two teams that you would expect in terms of not playing great defense, Washington dead last net, respect Atlanta. Atlanta is one of the worst defensive teams as well. And then you have some quality teams going up against them, two of the best in their conferences, one fully healthy in Toronto and in Milwaukee. So those are spots where you're going to see a lot of upside. The downside that comes with that is Milwaukee's 16-point favorites. So if you were to try and be projecting minutes today, projecting Giannis for 32 minutes in full run, 33 minutes, doesn't feel comfortable. 
even protecting him for 30 minutes doesn't feel comfortable as a 16-point favorite against Washington today. Um, again, they are down Jordan McRae. No other major injury news there outside of Mo Wagner and Rui Hachimuria still not going to be with the team. So it's a situation where projecting Giannis for 28 minutes starts to feel about right. And at that point, he just looks like, a, yeah, this is a great matchup for him in 28 and 26 minutes. He can get there against Washington without a doubt. Um, but it's also a spot where he's $12,000 and there's not a lot of value yet. So that's what, that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. I should also point out that there is a third team over 120. 120 and a half is New Orleans' eight-point favorites over Cleveland. That's actually a very good spot for both sides of the ball. You're getting a 233 game total with a closer spread there of eight. Um, Cleveland coming as the eight-point underdogs. Okay pace spot, nothing fantastic. Toronto and Atlanta will feature the highest pace spot by a wide margin. I'm projecting four more possessions than any other game in that game. Uh, The issue there is Toronto are 12-point favorites against an Atlanta team that at this point today... I don't know how much they really match up that well against Toronto, as Vegas is indicating. So you do have potential for some blowouts here. Another game that's probably indicating maybe Joel Embiid comes back in this one. 13.5-point favorites to Philadelphia 76ers over the Golden State Warriors. Warriors only with a 100-implied team total. Right now, the lowest on the slate by a decent margin of 3.75 points. Lots of spots for his potential blowouts today. Um, lots of nice pace spots. If you talk about average pace, about four of these eight games are average pace or higher. Some of them well over that, like Toronto and Atlanta, like Milwaukee and Washington. So you can check out this. I just updated the defense versus position numbers. Uh, also, for people who do use this, don't look at the defense versus position numbers and just strictly go off of that and go, oh, uh, on this slate, Cleveland or New Orleans is the worst in terms of how many points they give up per game to the center position over the full 48 minutes. That means I got to start Tristan Thompson. I do like Tristan today. It's mainly a more of a projection thing. The the matchup does go into that, but it's not the only variable. So when you're making your decisions, you shouldn't just look off of the defense versus position sheet. That's like one of the seven, eight variables that actually go into a projection and actually make a player's value in production. So you shouldn't be using that and weighting it as 100% of your decision or looking at the game totals and then looking at that and weighting it as 50% of your decision when it should be really weighted as at best like 15% of your decision. So let's get into the early interest. At this point, I will just call out once again that I do have projections linked up above that I'll do a little pop out now to come out with a sidebar. You can click the link over to Patreon and check those out if you are indeed interested as well in the projections updated throughout Lock um, with uh, interest pools and things of that nature. We'll also be having on Patreon XFL content once that starts. Super Bowl content more and more will be going out this week. And then as the um, weeks go on, we'll continue to have NBA and PGA content um, into the summer where we'll have some more sports as well. So be sure to check that out if you are indeed interested. And also right now, hit that subscribe button if you are indeed interested in doing that as well. It helps me as an independent content creator grow this channel more and reach more people as well. So early interest. Starting off right now at the top with Trey Young. I don't have these guys all the way at the top like Luka and Giannis. I would love to get the Giannis today. 16-point favorite does indeed scare me. Matchup doesn't get any better for the team total. But I'm not finding too much value right now. And you're going to be squeezing in a lot of um, junk, I would say, at this point in the day. And you can check the projections throughout the day. I'll have some notes with the updates next to them for how I think that impacts uh, my interest in Giannis and things like that. If indeed you find more value, but jamming in junk with Giannis, who might not even have stable minutes today, it seems a little bit sketchy. So my first interest is going to be Trey Young against Toronto today. This is also somewhat of a blowout spot, but what you're taking here in GPPs is the opportunity to say, okay, he's 10-3-1. Even in a blowout, Trey Young still probably plays 30 to 32 minutes, a spot where he's been averaging like 1.4 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. So even in that spot, I like it. If this game was to stay close, it would because it would, would be because Trey is dropping 
probably a 60-plus point fantasy day. And then after that, you get a situation where he's only 10-3. So in a matchup against Toronto, not the greatest spot. Um, but the team total of 110.5, the pace being the highest in the slate, it's hard for me to ignore at this point. Bradley Beal on the other side of the Washington and Milwaukee game. Similar things can be said about Bradley Beal as they just were about Trey Young. You're just getting him at a $2,000 price difference. So my interest not being in Giannis because of potential blowout, and I don't really factor the ball much. It's just worth noting, even though there's a 16-point spread, that it's one of the highest spreads, if not the highest spread in the entire season, when you have the best team in the league potentially going up against the worst defensive team in the league. That's usually what happens. Um, but you have a guy in Bradley Beal who's almost $4,000, pretty much right around there, cheaper than Giannis. So Bradley Beal, if he plays 33 minutes today and gets you 45 fantasy points, is completely fine and doesn't ruin your lineups. Now you want more in a GPP, but if Giannis plays 28 minutes and scores 56 fantasy points at 12K+, plus, it's a situation where he's not going to pay off for you. So Beal's minutes in a quote-unquote blowout if he was to not play the final four or five minutes in the game instead of getting his 37, 36, 38 minutes, whatever he was going to play, he can damn sure still get you there at 8,300, with the upside being obviously the game stays closer, or even if it does blow out, it blows out late, and he plays his full 38 minutes, and it doesn't really impact it as much. Pascal Siakam at $8,000, coming off of a 37-minute game, seems to be getting back into the form of his normal minutes, and does have this matchup against Atlanta now, where there's going to be no Alex Lem, or there's potential no, no Bruno Fernando, or if John Collins is going to start at the 5 tonight, or get significant run at the 5, it leaves them pretty undersized and weaker at the 4 position, rookie DeAndre Hunter, some other players like Vince Carter going to have to just fill in minutes there, Trevor on Graham to an extent if he can step on the court for Atlanta after that trade, so Siakam at $8,000 looks really good, the only other concerns are, just like Trey Young, just like Bradley Beal, if you are scared of the blowout at this point. But you're going to find that the best plays are pretty much in these games with the widest spread, some of the better plays. Kemba Walker is the first Boston player, and I'm going to like a good amount of them today, that I'm going to like because Jason Tatum is doubtful against Miami. Now, it's a tough matchup without a doubt. We'll see if Kendrick Nunn actually plays today. Um, either way, if he's in or not, it doesn't change too much outside of a slight maybe defensive downgrade, actually, for Kemba and these guys. Kemba's point-per-minute production, overall usage rate, assist percentage, all that goes up when there is no Jason Tatum on the court. Lonzo Ball at 7,400, he still seems fine to me. Now, since Zion has come back, you've seen Brandon Ingram take a big hit. Drew Holiday looks okay at his $7,900 price tag. Nothing of urgency, but if Lonzo's going to continue to play 35-36 minutes as a 11-12% to 12% rebounding guard, which is one of the more rare ones, one of the best rebounding rates in the league for a guard, at a insane assist percentage closing in on 30% elite numbers, and having a usage rate and a productivity when he's starting for 36 minutes that are hard to ignore, with the upside of the triple-double, with the key players around him at every single position that can knock down shots, whether it's even J.J. Redick or Josh Hart off the bench, it helps all of his numbers boost up when he's such a high assist guy and a pass-first point guard at this point and he continues to drive his drive percentages continuing to increase each and every year that he's in the league great matchup against the cleveland backcourt of colin sexton and darius garland today lonzo's hard to ignore at 7400 his teammate zion and this is the first time zion is going to make this list the first time that he played in a game i had him in yellow just to update you that he was playing and updating you that i had him for 15 or 16 minutes that day he played 18 zion played 27 minutes last time out has had some days to rest Probably going to project him for 28, maybe 30 the minutes today. And at 7,200, if you project him as a 1.25 fantasy point per minute guy, which he's been above that right now, but it's such a small sample, it's hard to project him for much more than that. Even then, though, it's hard to ignore that at 7,200, he grades out as a nice play around 40 fantasy points. And if he was to just lose all the minutes limits and play 32 minutes somewhere around there today, you're going to start to see Zion as an 8K player pretty soon. 
Gordon Hayward, the second Boston player that I like to get today against Miami. You're seeing a lot more minutes for him. You know, Jason Tatum means more shot attempts, mainly for a guy like Gordon Hayward. It means a lot more passing from Kemba Walker, which helps Walker's assist rate there to Gordon Hayward. And this is a guy at 7,100 who's more of a GPP play for me. I think he looks okay in cash, but you're going to get a guy who will usually grayed out for around 33 to 35 fantasy points as a median when there's no Tatum at 7,100. And that does feel pretty good, but he's also a guy who has peaks and valleys in his game. He can score 28 to 30 most of those nights or just 45 to 50 as well. John Moran at 7,000 if you project him for 32 to 34 minutes without Jamal Murray against Denver. And Denver has not been the best of defensive teams either. It's a spot that I do like. The pace is about league average, 111.75 team total for a guy with a um, closing in right now on a 28 to 30% usage rate. If you look at some sites like Cleaning the Glass, it looks a little bit better, closer to 30%. Uh, Too cheap of a price tag for a guy who consistently puts up somewhere around a 35 or so fantasy point performance with these new increased minutes he gets. And if he does get a few more minutes, the game stays close. He's hot that night and the shot's falling. You're going to get a ceiling game at a very cheap tag. Similar things can be said for his teammate Jonas Valanciunas at 6,700. If you get that minutes game where he plays 27 to 28 to 30 in this spot against Denver and the game does indeed does indeed stay close, against Jokic, it's not the worst of matchups. At the four, you're going to have a better matchup in this front court versus Jeremy Grant as opposed to Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley. Uh, Valanciunas, for a guy who's 1.25, 1.28 around their fantasy point per minute over the last 30 days, all you're banking on here is the minutes. It's more of a GPP play for me. Jalen Brown at 6,400, really hard to pass up. Going to play around the 34, 35-minute mark today. No Tatum means those minutes are stable. They have even higher upside to 36 or so as well. The point-per-minute production goes up. More shot attempts for him. Tough matchup for sure, but he's too cheap. He was 7,500 when Kemba was out for that stretch of a couple of weeks. At 6,400 with Tatum out, um, if you told DraftKings that Tatum was definitely going to be out before the pricings came out, now he was listed doubtful, but I think that was after the pricings came out. Uh, Brown should be somewhere around $7,000, if not more, so uh, 6,400 is too cheap. Alfred Payton has continued to pay off over the last two weeks, this $6,000 tag. Tougher matchup he's going to get against Boston's uh, point guards here, but against their whole entire, or Charlotte's point guards here in, in shooting guards and, and basically their front court. Um, but uh, or their backcourt, and it's just a situation where everywhere else on the team is pretty weak, especially when you consider drive rates. Um, I do like Alfred Payton at $6,000 continuously playing, and I'm going to project him today for 32 minutes. Tristan Thompson at 5700 Yes, the matchup versus New Orleans is very nice. He's just a guy who at this point with Kevin Love playing big minutes next to him, if this game stays close, I would project Thompson to play somewhere between 30 and 32 minutes and has a ceiling for more. He's just a point-per-minute guy who, when he gets himself in good matchups like this one, is pretty safe. Now, he's mainly like your cash play. You can feel good with Tristan Thompson getting you around 30 points, the fantasy points. His upside for GPPs in terms of scoring 50 or 60 isn't there as much. But, I mean, a 40 to 45 point performance of 5,700 will get you there. So, I have interest in both formats right now. Probably more interested in cash. So, Kevin Horder at 5,500 continues to play huge minutes. Matchup against Toronto is pretty brutal here. The usage rate is still lower, even though he's playing bigger minutes. You're betting on those minutes at 5,500. It's just, that's what it is. You're getting a lot of minutes at a out of a guy who's been... Um, not the greatest of fantasy point per minute producers as of late. Uh, Duncan Robinson at 5,100. Very similar things can be said for Duncan Robinson. He's been a better fantasy point per, point per minute producer as of late and over the last two or three weeks. He's been consistently playing 30 plus minutes, 32 plus minutes for this Miami team. If there's no Kendrick Dunn, that number just feels even more stable. But I do like Duncan Robinson at 5,100. I don't love it. It's not like I feel like this is a lock for 25 to 30 to 35 fantasy points, but he's been very consistent. Now, the matchup will be difficult, though. And now you start to just get into, and really, since we've been probably in this Kevin Horder or below range, 
not a lot of value. Now, as the day goes on in an eight-game slate, I and a lot of teams, a couple of teams on back-to-backs, I expect a lot of news to break, and that will all be updated in my projections. I'll be updated with some notes as well in there on how that's going to impact things. And then also I'll put in some of my interests and if any of those things change based on the injury news. But you're starting to get into this value that doesn't feel that great right now. And this is the reason why I don't really like, and I don't even know what this value, if you can confidently get up to Giannis and Luca at this point in the day, or even any of the top end guys like Trey Young and Bradley Beal. So uh, starting with Josh Hart, even with um, Zion entering the rotation, Hart's still probably secure for 25, 26, 28 minute games at 4,400. You're really going to have to depend on his shooting, his three point shooting primarily there. And that feels pretty thin, although the matchup against Cleveland feels good as well. A rebounding guard that has some more upside in peripherals. $4,300 Marquise Chris, you're betting on like 20 minutes of play against Philly today. Now, if Embiid comes back, this is even worse. This is a guy who's like a 1.1 fantasy point per minute producer. He's probably not going to play more than 20 minutes. Maybe you get the 24-minute game out of him. But at 4,300, it's just one of the better values on this slate right now that's lacking it. Seth Curry, I'm going to project for somewhere around 27 to 28 minutes in this one against Phoenix. It's a good matchup. But again, it's value at the wing position where you're banking on shooting for a guy who doesn't drive all that much. The minutes do look good, though. You're not going to find a lot of guys playing close to 30 minutes in this price range. Um, You will find maybe one other guy that we'll get to a little bit later on. OG and Anobi at 4,000. That feels gross. Another wing value in a good spot against Atlanta, though. Blowout run, maybe he picks up some more. I'm going to project him for somewhere around 22 to 24 minutes. Doesn't feel great for a guy who averages less than one fantasy point per minute. Isaiah Thomas with Jordan McRae out feels like one of the better values in the slate. And I feel like I've been saying this for a few weeks now. Matchup against Milwaukee is not great. Blowout run might be there for him, but at $4,000, he's been playing 22 to 24 minutes a game, 20 at worst. Now you take 25 minutes of Jordan McRae out, and yeah, that'll help Ish Smith, but he's already been playing big minutes, upper 20s. Yeah, that'll help Gary Payton. He's already been starting some of these games. I think Isaiah Thomas is going to be pretty secure for 24 minutes a day with the upside to play 26 or 28 with no Jordan McCray. And then McCall Bridges for Phoenix. Um, This only gets better for him if Ricky Rubio's out, but right now his minutes probably going to feel pretty good projecting him for 30 minutes. Like I mentioned for Seth Curry, anytime you get a guy playing 30 plus minutes or so on a slate that's lacking value early in the day, they're worth looking at. Matchup against Dallas is not fantastic, but it's not terrible either. Bridges is never a guy I like to play. Um, wing value for especially a Phoenix team at low fantasy point per minute when there's a guy like Aiton and and Booker on your team that have high fantasy point per minute production, even Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio. Uh, so I do hope Rubio is out if you are indeed hoping to play McCall Bridges. It helps a little bit with overall shot attempts and just usage rate but at a 12.3 percent usage rate not great not the type of guy you like to play very similar to the og ananobis at 15 percent usage very similar to josh hart at 15.4 percent usage the duncan robinsons of the world so right now what we have is pretty crappy wing value and wing value usually stinks because it's very shaky of a floor not the highest of ceilings ever and you're just hoping that they 5x for you and that never feels great out of all this value isaiah thomas feels the best right now at four thousand. Outside of that, nothing below Kevin Horder feels secure. Duncan Robinson feels okay. Seth Curry feels okay. I don't really feel great about all these options. So hopefully as the day goes on, we get more updates on value. If you do want to check in on those updates based on injury and status changes, you can check on my Patreon linked up above or linked down below. But also if you click the little I above, it'll pop out that sidebar. You can go ahead, check that out and see what's over there and offered as well by myself, independent content creator here. So if you do want to support me, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Be sure to hit the notification bell on the audio version. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a five-star rate and review. Appreciate all of you so much. And be sure to check out Fantasy Draft. I will leave a link down below to Fantasy Draft's NBA contest dashboard if you indeed want to check out what it's all about playing very free DFS, getting a better ROI just naturally by shifting a site or putting more action down on a different site. 
Thank you for tuning in to this one. Hit that subscribe button before you go. Hit that like button. Appreciate you all. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.